Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let's jump right in. Episode 8 of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. No Nick Merrick this week. He's out. And uh, so we're just going to chat with the head coach and the general manager, Mike Johnson. He's gotten a lot going on here the last couple of weeks. And, Mike, we we always enjoy chatting with you. It's been since before the year started. I want to begin with the deadline and just what that was like for you. I mean, the the acquisition of Nate Danielson and getting him from Brandon, that was a massive move for you guys. Um, How long were those conversations happening? Was that something that kind of came out of nowhere? Was it something you were working on for a while? And what was it about him that made you think, this is the move uh, to kind of go all in this year and see how far we can get? Well, actually, the trade deadline starts a lot earlier than January 10th. We start discussions as a coaching staff uh, about our team, where we're at early in training camp, where we think we're going to be by the time Christmas hits. So we we set some goals, but we also take a realistic approach of where are we in balancing our age groups? Where are we with our 20-year-olds entering the season as we were? And then from there, I always want to take at least the first 20 games and really see from a statistical point of view, where we fit into the league mm-hmm. and where everybody shifts out after uh, players come back from NHL camps. And once that had taken place, we, we thought at that time that we had a good run through the first 20 games. We were in a very good position that if we could add a piece to our team, that would really help. And the focus was up front. We thought our goaltending Spooner had had a great start to the year. Our defense was solid. So we thought if we could add a forward, and so we started to look around the league at forwards that were available. We heard about Savoy and Geeky, Mm -hmm. and then later in November, we started to hear that maybe Brandon, uh, based on what was happening in their division, might make some changes and build for the future. And that's when we became interested in Danielson. Well, and then, I mean, just his fit. I, I know uh, it's exciting to add another, you know, weapon to your offense and obviously a guy who is a, a very highly touted, uh, you know, top 10 pick in the NHL draft. What, what is it about his game that you think kind of fits? And, and how much tinkering are you doing here early on um, just to kind of figure out lines and, and how everything's going to pair together? Well, we watched Nate when he was a young guy in the Bantam draft, and we had him rated really high on our list. So that's where it started, the evaluation of him. And then mm-hmm. last year when we played them, uh, to be honest, in the the second half of the season, we went on our road trip right after Christmas, played Brandon right away, and I thought he was outstanding in that game. His 200-foot game, uh, his puck management skills, I just thought he really drove their team, had a very good game against us. 
So that kind of piqued their interest at that time as a good young player in the league who the following year would be a 19-year-old and maybe somebody we might be interested in. But I like his overall game. He, he, as centers have been for Portland in the past, we want them to be 200-foot guys, guys mm-hmm. who can kill penalties, play on the power play, be really versatile, and that describes him. And he's a very mature driven player as we found out uh, since he's arrived in Portland. It'll be really fun to see him in that home debut in the reschedule game on Sunday and a, a rivalry game against Seattle. Obviously not the only move you guys made. Tyson Jugnoth is, is fit like a glove in that locker room uh, from everything that I've heard. His game has been really impressive. When, when you make trades like that, is there a are you, are you just taking a gamble hoping that he commits and leaves Wisconsin and comes to play in the WHL? Is there a thought? Is there a conversation beforehand? I'm just curious as somebody who's never been in those rooms, how does that work? And then just what have you made of what he's brought to your blue line and the way he's played? Well, usually when teams are moving college players, um, there is a draft pick involved just to acquire his rights. Mm-hmm. And so that's what was involved with Kamloops. But we had heard, and several teams in our league had heard that his minutes had gone down this year with the new coaching staff. Yeah, he wasn't being played in as primary a role as he was in the past. So hearing that, we kind of tracked his progress, along with several other college players that were on lists, both our list and other teams' lists in the league, just to see how they were performing at the beginning of the year. And we saw that it was true that his minutes weren't probably where he would have wanted them. So we started to talk to Kamloops, and Kamloops indicated that based on their situation this year that they would look at moving him or moving his rights if he was going to leave school. So that's when we inquired. We were able to get his rights, and then he decided at that time that he didn't want to wait any longer. He wanted to get on and try to impress Seattle, the Seattle Kraken, and and get a contract, and he thought the best opportunity would be if he played more minutes and came to the Western Hockey League. Mm, yeah, and it, it's, it's working out for him so far. He, he's a, an impressive guy to watch, a great two-way game. Um, you, you mentioned a few moments ago, Mike, the Jan Spoonar and the start that he got off to this year. Uh, you, you've been around hockey for a long time. You've been the coach here in Portland for a long time. I can't think of many years where you've had to go through this much juggling of, of the goaltender position because of injuries, and Avakian's been playing really good as of late. I just Where are you kind of at there, and how impressed are you with the ability of the team to hold everything together? Because I imagine there's a lot of squads out there where you're down to goaltender number three or number four. Maybe things kind of fall apart. Has not happened in this locker room. So where are you at? And just how impressed are you with the way that they've been able to kind of backfill at that position? Well, I've been really impressed with their team and how they played. And and we talked to them about, uh, like any other injuries, when a key player goes down, these are challenges, but they're opportunities for other players. It is a unique situation. I've had it once in my coaching career, mm. and that was in Los Angeles. We used seven goaltenders to one year seven. with the Los Angeles Kings, but that was a very unique situation. But here, Spooner going down, then Brunin gets his opportunity, he gets injured, and then we're down to Justin Merrick, who we had acquired in a trade in the summer to be uh, a call-up guy for us in case of emergency. He comes up. And then he gets injured. Uh, so he made the trade with Tri-City for Nikovakian, who wasn't getting as much time in Tri-City, and they were willing to move him at that time. And he's turned out to be very good for us. So we're in a situation now where our teams survived the majority of the injured time. Spoonar still isn't ready to play right now, but is getting closer. He's starting to skate. Um, and then we expect uh, Merrick to start to skate in the next week. So we are getting closer with our injured goaltenders, but 
I do give the team a ton of credit for how they played, how they focused on their defensive game to make sure we aren't giving up easy chances. Yeah, I mean, to, I, I thought this was a bad year, and you tell me seven. That's remarkable to go through seven goaltenders. you got you got to search far and wide to find the next one after they keep going down. I mean, you guys yeah. have had these games recently against Prince George that have just been uh, thrilling, and I, you know, who knows how the playoff matchups work out and, you know, how many, how far each of you advance, but it, it feels like two of the thoroughbreds, if you will, in the Western Conference. I'm just curious, I mean, the, the nice win a couple of weeks back when you got them at home, a really impressive game, and then you go up there, uh, for a back-to-back, and you you lose a close one and win a close one. I just what what have you made of the way your team has played in some of these high-stakes games against a team that clearly has a lot of talent in Prince George here in the last couple of weeks? Well, if you remember Prince George, the first game of the year we played them here in Memorial Coliseum, and Prince George came in and beat us four nothing, and they deserved the win. We weren't very sharp at all. I thought it was one of our weaker games of the first half, and and they and they are a top team. We knew that. So the, the second time they came here, knowing that we were going to have to go up to Prince George, this would be the last time we'd play them at home and until a playoff series. We came out, and I thought we played a great game. So heading into PG with the travel and everything and a game in Kelowna, which was a tough game. It was a tight game right to the end. Uh, I knew it was going to be a, a hard-fought series. I expected with the players on both teams that it would be a little bit more high scoring than it was, but I was really happy with, it was just an excellent hockey game. It was hard fought, good battles, very good play. Um, I thought it was, it was a playoff game with two top teams. Mm. It, it certainly looked like it, and I was at that first one, uh, not the first one at the start of the year, but the one here in January. That was a thrilling atmosphere, and the, the crowd really brought it that night. Uh, one of the guys I've always I've been curious to ask you about this year, Mike, is is your captain, Gabe Clausen, who's back as one of the, the return captains. It doesn't often happen in junior hockey, but to have a return captain, I imagine, is great. But he he's a guy that every time I watch you, it just your, your team, he's, he always is impressive. His game, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't get quite the record recognition and the conversation about him that he deserves. He's kind of a soft-spoken, quiet guy. He's not outlandish, not bombastic on the ice. I just, what has he meant in your locker room in developing the culture, which I know you uh, value a ton with your, your team as they go about the year. Just what has he meant inside that locker room and then on the ice? Because I, I feel like he's one of those guys we'll look back on and maybe didn't get the credit or the, the recognition that he deserved for how great of a career he has had here in Portland. Yeah, Gabe's been excellent. And, and he's a guy that when we drafted him in the first round of the Bantam draft, we knew we were getting a good, solid player, but also a leader at a young age, and he's continued to do that here in Portland. You're right. He he plays, you could say at times, quiet minutes. He's not mm-hmm. a, a McDavid flashy guy, but he is a, a solid 200-foot center. He makes great plays, has big-time hockey sense. I think that's his greatest asset. And I just think he's had a phenomenal season this year. When you look at everything he's done for us, big-time goals at key moments in the game. Um, He drives our team on the penalty kill. He's a threat with Steph on the penalty kill to score shorthanded. And then he he really is a key guy in the power play as well. So I, I, I I like his demeanor because he doesn't get rattled no matter what's going on on the ice. He's always calm, always poised. 
And I think that really helps in the dressing room with the young guys. Yeah, it, it definitely looks like it. You know, it, one of the things that your organization has been so known for is developing those guys year in and year out and, and watching them kind of improve. And you see those big jumps from players. I feel like Diego Buttazzoni, probably that guy for the team this year. I mean, last year he was good and, and kind of playing a more reserve role, 15 points on the season. I mean, he's just exploded now, 20 goals, um, you know, almost a point per game on the season. Uh, from from your youth and the depth scoring that you rely on we know about the heavy hitters up front the 20 year olds and how much how much firepower is there but I know you guys pride yourself on that depth scoring what has Diego meant to that and some you know Marcus and some of those other guys what have you made of the years that they have had kind of backfilling some of that scoring for you well Diego has taken a big jump and you know in our league usually you bring in 16 year olds they're not totally ready to play but they play and they get some good minutes and obviously they get some great practice time and we expect them, when they're 17, to take a big jump. And Diego certainly has done that for us. He's a scorer. He has a nose for the net, a great shot, really smart hockey player. I thought last summer the best thing he did was he really worked on his fitness and came into training camp in great shape, improved his quickness on the ice. So I give him a lot of credit for how he started the year. And he is a key guy. Even though he's only 17 years of age, he is a key guy for us. And on the wings... If you look at some of the players that we have on the wings, like Marcus Newen, who you mentioned, with great speed, he almost gets a breakaway every game. Mm -hmm. I think his scoring percentage is a reflection of, like, it's going to go up. Like, for sure, it's going to go up in the second half. I really think he's going to break out here in the next little while and score more consistently because he gets a lot of chances and he has good hands. And then you take a look at Zakreski. Zakreski's another guy who's, had a very good season, 200-foot player, um, honest, hard-working player in every area. So I really like his game overall. I got to squeeze in a question about Kyle Chizowski's teeth. How, how's his smile looking? Because uh, he, <laughs> he was a little battered here the last couple of weeks. How, how's his smile? Does he have any teeth left? He will get some. <laughs> no, he doesn't have many in the front. But <laughs> yeah. um, that, was a, that was a nasty injury and, and a very – it's a situation that doesn't often happen in hockey where puck gets deflected up into the face area. Yeah. And even though he's wearing a mouth guard, he wasn't totally protected there. But Kyle is a, a battler, a warrior, just does everything for our team. And you don't often see young kids be put in leadership positions like he has been the last two years. Um, and he deserves it. He is a leader in the room. And from when he was 16 years of age, he was hanging around with the older veteran captain mm-hmm. guys, and, and I think he learned from them, and he's carried on that tradition in the room, and then he brings it on the ice every night. Well, we've been doing the podcast with the players all year, and it's been a lot of fun to have them on and kind of to let them uh, you know, express themselves and host and get new experiences in, in media and all that, and I have, I have told Kyle this, but when, when he's ready to be done with hockey, and I don't know how long his career is going to go, and I hope a long time, he's taking my job because that guy's got really good skills, and he's, uh, that's his next uh, venture in life uh, will be broadcasting. You know, look, Looking at the schedule, Mike, you're just shy of 30 games, I believe, left on the season. We're looking at about you know two months left to go. Um, I know you're hoping to get healthy at goaltender. You've made some big acquisitions. Just how how you feeling about your team, where you're at in the standings, the stretch run, and and the areas that you need to improve and focus on here in the last eight weeks of the year? Well, the thing I like most about our team, and Brian and Kyle and I talk about this often, is when we go into meetings or we have a rough stretch or something like that, we have a very veteran team, uh, both in maturity, on and off the ice. It's nice to have that where you can – 
as a team, they can adapt and, and be flexible. We can throw things in at the last minute because they've done it before. It's nice to have that group. And last year, as you know, we decided not to do anything at the trade deadline. We wanted to have a good stretch run, hopefully get great playoff experience, and then enter this year with a real veteran group, and that's what we have. Well, and, and you have mentioned this, and I, you know, it's got to be hard to juggle the idea of do you want to go all in? Do you want to let your guys develop? You know, at what point do you kind of put your chips to the middle of the table, if you will? But how much do you pride yourself on? It's remark the run of consistency that you guys have had, and and getting to a certain number of wins and getting to the playoffs. It, you know, a lot of these teams will kind of have these peaks and valleys where they go all in and have this one year, and then they dip for a couple of years, and then they come back. Um, how much pride do you take in that? Because again, here you are. I know you've made some big moves, but it's not like you have mortgaged the entire future to go get a couple of players at the deadline. You're still set up for long term success. Yeah, we've never been an all in team. The history over the last. 12 years that I've been here, that's not a phrase we use. We want to make a subtle move to improve our team. We want to stay with the core of our group that we've developed and we've worked with since they were younger. So we pride ourselves on keeping our players and working with our players and developing them. And then we also pride ourselves that we're not going to, I don't think the fan base would appreciate, yeah, we have a great one one year. There's no guarantees. So if you add three or four players to your team, there's no guarantees. And then all of a sudden you're going to suffer uh, as one of the lower-placed teams in the league for two or three years. I just don't think the city of Portland or our fan base would want that. And uh, I think as a, a management group and a coaching staff, we want to be right there every year. We want to be in the hunt every year. And last year we were in the hunt without a move, and we were close. Uh, but certainly Kamloops and Seattle had, had added quite a few pieces to their group. Yeah, it's it's. I, I think you're 100% spot on that the fans appreciate having a team that they can be interested in and care about throughout the course of the regular season uh, every year. Last one for you, because I know you got to jump on a bus. It, this has turned into a 3-3 three and three weekend with the rescheduled game on Sunday and excited for that one to be on TV. Uh, just walk me through what that's like planning-wise in terms of minutes and uh, is there any sort of restrictions that you have on guys here as you're in Tri-City tonight, Spokane tomorrow, and then back at home against Seattle uh, on Sunday. The difficult dilemma and knowing that every point at this point in the season with those races for playoff spots uh, being so tight here at the end of the year. You're right. And any team can beat another team. And certainly our division is very strong. So playing games within our division is tough at the best of times, let alone a three and three and with travel to Tri-City Spokane and then come back for that rescheduled game on Sunday. It's it's going to be a challenge. Uh, but, you know, I think good pro teams, and I heard couple of NHL guys talking about the stretch run here before the All-Star break, mm-hmm. how condensed their schedule was, five games in eight days, and, and, and with some of the NHL teams, and they were just saying it's, you know, you have to mentally push yourself through it, and, and that's the challenge that we'll have in these three and three weekends is you've got to, there's, you're not going to be as sharp as you need to be every moment. You've got to be able to push yourself mentally in those moments, and as coaching staff, we do have to manage the minutes through the games. We have to focus on the win, but we have to manage minutes. Mm, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend and a fun home stretch. And uh, congratulations on a great season so far, Mike. And obviously, the big moves. I know the fans here in Portland are really excited to see where your team can go. And we'll continue to cross our fingers that the goaltender position gets healthier as the year goes on, and you don't have to dig deeper and go seven like you did back in the day in uh, in Los Angeles. Always appreciate the time hopping on. I know you're busy. Have a great travel trip up to Tri City, and uh, hopefully, we can catch up again here soon. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Manager man, you came from his office, said, "Son, can I help you?" Looked at him and said, "Yes, you can."
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 